It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. How to open your own cash-based physical therapy clinic for under $3,000. Yeah, you heard me right. With cash-based PT clinics popping up more and more and PTs wanting to go this route, Brian and I sit down and talk about why the initial startup might not be as difficult as you might think. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. We really appreciate it. If you've already leaving us a review, if you haven't, it takes 30 seconds and it's how we reach more people. We can't thank you enough for going on there and giving us feedback. Don't be afraid to leave a question or a comment to give us some more ideas for future episodes. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, happy Monday and welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. And today we're revisiting another topic that is really kind of a hot topic in physical therapy and that is cash PT. And we are fortunate enough that of the two of us, uh, Brandon and I, one of us has a lot of experience in this area. So um, essentially I really want to get Brandon's insight on this, kind of dig a little deeper because uh, it's really something, you know, myself as a future PT and a lot of you new PTs out there kind of have to just consider, is this an option for me? Um, and you know, we just had our huge insurance lecture in our management class, which happens to be taught by Brandon's uh, business partner and co-owner of Vertex PT Specialist, Jim Floyd, a former guest on here. Um, and it was great. It was thorough. But man, the intricacies of everything, I can see why Cash PT is so appealing. So uh, Brandon, first, how you doing, man? I'm doing, I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? I can't complain. Uh, I'm excited to kind of get your insight on some of this. We've talked about it a little bit. Um, but uh, can you tell everybody when... Um, when did you start your cash practice and how far into your career were you? Yeah, so I started my cash-based practice. It was called Vaughn Physical Therapy almost five years ago to the date. So it was in, it was in August of 2013. And I graduated in December 2010. So I was, I was about three years out of school when I decided to do that. Okay. Awesome, man. Yeah. And you see this popping up more and more. Um, not only more and more people um, are opening cash PT clinics, but there are more and more people out there telling you about how to open a cash PT clinic. So it's kind of, uh, like I said, the top, hot topic right now with all this information about it's being put out there. Um, and so I, I figured, you know, it'd be great for our listeners to get some real world experience here. Um, so when you got started, you, um, you were working at a mill, decided you wanted to leave it. Talk me through that process. When you decide, all right, I'm going to do this. What was the first thing you did? Well, um, first thing I did was I just went to the gym owner and just had a conversation. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You have to have that face-to-face interaction. Um, and at, at the end of the day, um, it, it, was, it wasn't a very hard sell um, when it comes down to it. Um, and that's really the first step, I think, with this is that you actually have to take action and you have to find a location. And 
you know, just like you said, you know, I thought this was a great episode to do because there are a growing number of PTs that are interested in this. And there's also a lot of PTs that are making money off of telling other PTs how to start a cash practice. And they're acting like it's super complicated. It really isn't. I mean, that's the beauty of cash-based PT is that it's super simple. And we just don't need to make it out to be something that it's not. Right, man. I think that, um, like you said, it's not a hard sell. And coming from the fitness industry uh, and the fitness side of things, when I look at it, I mean, this is a ton of value added for members of my facility. You know, when mm-hmm. I look at it, it's like I got somebody in-house that, uh, you know, if there's any issue at all, I can send them right there. It keeps them in the room. It's somebody that I can kind of vet beforehand as they're doing this to, to know that, hey, this is somebody that's going to do their best to keep that person in the gym and moving and working. So, I mean, it seems like a win-win for everybody involved. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and I can only speak from my experience, but I, I mean, a PT in, in a gym is a great way to start just so many reasons. I mean, you, you already have that built in established clientele and you should have access to the gym's equipment to use for your patients. And if it's CrossFit, that's even better because those members are paying a premium for their membership and they don't want to put that as a waste. And not to mention, just like you said, most of them are already active and they're highly motivated to get better, which makes them the ideal patient population, in my opinion, because you're going to get compliance as a PT. Yeah, for sure, man. That's awesome. So um, you go, you talk to the gym owner, you, you kind of are starting to establish some things. So when you're looking at this, what kind of things in negotiations are you looking for in terms of like, uh, do you have a rent number that you were looking for or, or uh, access to equipment at certain hours or anything like that? Um, well, you know, what kind of things in that negotiation process are you talking about? So, I mean, just like everything else in life, this is negotiable. And in my opinion, you're going to ask for the first one to three months rent free because you're just getting started out. But in order to do that, you're going to have to demonstrate your value to the gym owner as to why you're helping them out. So to get the the conversation going about when, not if the members are going to get hurt because it's just part of life. You're going to talk about how you can get them back to training quickly so that they don't have to put their memberships on hold or even cancel them entirely. Even better, explain to the gym owner that you're skilled and you're savvy enough to show those members, which are your patients, how they can train around those injuries. They don't have to miss any time at all. Because as I know, Josh, you and I talk about this podcast, like every other episode, we're not doing our patients any favors by putting them on the shelf for a week mm-hmm. that, cause that only makes the healing process slower. And I'm not going to say barring anything catastrophic, but you know, that does actually even include catastrophic injury too. And if you need more information on that, go back and listen to one of our older episodes about training on injuries. Um, but you know, not only that for the gym owner, having a PT in house is a selling point for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I think that's awesome, man. Um, And were there, you know, there's some other things that I I see thrown around there, like um, treat the gym owner for free or, or or things like that, or offer packages or things like that. You know, did you, you know, kind of go about that and start, you know, and explore those options as well? You know, I did, I did think about it. I think the, the thought of doing things like treating the gym owner for free or um, giving you know, discounts and that kind of stuff is tempting at first because you're brand new to this and, you know, it's probably your first business experience ever. And so you might be a little bit nervous, but I don't recommend doing that because if you start offering deals, it just kind of cheapens the whole product. People aren't going to perceive it as much value and they're not going to buy into it as much at the end of the day. And, you know, from my experience, you have to kind of establish that price based on your market and you have to stick to it and you have to stick to it with everybody. Gotcha. No. So now, no. So say you've got this kind of formulated, you've discussed, you've got um, maybe rent discussed, you've got everything ready. You know, you, you know, you're going to have this space. What else do you need here? You've got access to the gym. Like you mentioned most time, if you start it in a gym, um, but what else, what other purchases are you making? Yeah. And, and just to back up a little bit too. So, you know, we just talked about getting free rent for the first few months, but at some point you have to pay, right? Cause that's just right. not a good deal for the gym owner. So, you know, depending on the space and, you know, hopefully you'll have your own room, 
that might not be the case with everyone. I know some PTs that literally just had a table in the middle of the gym and are actually wildly successful now, but that's another story. But I wouldn't spend any more than $500 at the absolute most. And don't be surprised. They might come at you with $1,000, but hold your ground and be prepared to walk away. And you'll usually win that if you stick, if you stick to your guns. Um, but yeah, as far as necessities go, um, I think it's good to kind of start with the big picture, you know, talk about legalities, the legal stuff, the must haves, and then kind of work our way down to say equipment and things like that. Right. So the must haves, um, you're going to have to establish yourself. So you're probably going to look at getting your articles of organization and you can do this on the secretary of state's website here in South Carolina. I know some people use legal zoom. I think that's more trouble than it's worth and, you know, cost some money, uh, cost some extra money, but you should be able to get that done for about $250. Um, the other thing you're going to need is you're going to need your malpractice liability insurance. And there's usually a couple of different options with that, depending on, and if you're going to be part-time or full-time. So it's going to run you anywhere from 250 to about $500 at the most. And, you know, this should be free, but you're of course, you need to get a separate checking account. Uh, to keep track of everything as well too. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So then you know, you've got that kind of rolling from the legality standpoint. So what's next? What comes next? Um, from there, you're, you're definitely gonna need a treatment table. So, you know, I, I wouldn't get fancy with it. You're starting out, right? You're brand new. So I'd, I'd go with a simple massage table and you can get them dirt cheap for less than $50. But for the purpose of this episode, let's assume that you're gonna get one brand new and that's going to set you back $115 at the most. And I know your professional school are probably telling you, Josh, to get a high-low table, protect your back and all that stuff, but you, you really don't need one in the beginning. And plus, those things aren't very portable. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, and, uh, and, and moving on, um, like you said earlier, the beauty of cash-based PT is simplicity. So for accounting software, I go with QuickBooks. Um, you know, it's just so easy to keep track of everything and sync it up to your bank account. So that's a no-brainer. And, uh, and just for the convenience sake, um, I'll just use their credit card swiper, use my phone. Um, but there, there's always a local credit card processor guy in your area and those fees do add up. So definitely search for that because it's their job to beat the big players like Intuit and Square. And that's going to save you a lot of money in the long run. And by the way, I ran my whole cash base practice on my iPhone the entire time. So I guess the iPhone might be another piece yeah, of equipment something similar to that. Um, so I'm just kind of writing stuff down as we go. That puts us at about $1,400 so far, right? Yeah. Um, and really, from there, I would just give yourself a $1,000 budget for any treatment and office supplies. And again, you're starting out and you don't need to break the bank. So, you know, think about things like furniture. You might need like a chair or a stool, manual therapy supplies like mulligan belts, dry needle supplies, ISTM tools. And I would just start with the $5 gua sha tool on Amazon and then upgrade to the metal ones if you think that's necessary once you start making a profit. Uh, let's see what else. Linens. You're going to need some of those too. Um, and, and we've always gotten our stuff from either Amazon or superior medical equipment. And that's a uh, SME USA.com. They're great. They usually have one day shipping and, uh, notice, you know, I didn't say anything about EMR, right. And that's one of the best parts about cash-based practice is that documentation is so simple. So in the beginning, go with paper charts while we're starting out and you're going to need a file cabinet with a lock on it just so you can be HIPAA compliant. Um, technically I actually don't think you are under HIPAA if you're out of network with all insurances, but just pretend like you are anyway, because patients do expect privacy. Um, so let's see that that's going to put the grand total about $2,400 if I did the math right. And again, that that's assuming that the first month rent is free. So that's not too bad. No, that's not bad at all, man. Um, I think that's you know very reasonable. The, the biggest question I have is, all right, you got this going. Were there anything that you did? Was there anything that you did to kind of start drumming up interest like within the gym, do uh, a free mobility night or, you know, do something on a Saturday morning? Were there, you know, how did you start drumming up a, a little bit of business? Yeah, I th the, the 
two biggest things that I did um, were that I uh, I can I consistently would get in front of the class. So you know I know that CrossFit's structured. You know the classes need to run on time and that kind of thing. But the coaches were gracious enough to give me like two minutes to talk. So you know we'd highlight something. Maybe it'd be like you know ankle mobility that's going to be needed to squat. How do you quickly assess it? What's one mobilization, one thing to you, you can do to improve it? So, you know, you give something, you know, give, 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 and then ask, you know, by the way, you know, I'm a physical therapist here in the gym. Here's my number. Here's my card. Call me if you need anything, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'd also make a habit of showing up at events, which that's just fun. I, I don't have as much time to do it these days, but you know, I'm lucky that some of my staff still like to do that. But you know, that was always a good way to drum up business too. It's like CrossFit competitions, things like that. Yeah. Um, those are really the top two things that I did. Awesome, man. So, so you get this rolling about five, you know, five years ago, you said, um, what, you know, did you do anything else during this time? Like, um, you know, I think you'd mentioned at one point you went and did some PR in a hospital or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So in the, in the very, very beginning, um, just to ensure that I was going to have enough money to pay the bills. I, I got a PRN job at a hospital that was literally three minutes down the road from the CrossFit gym where I was. And that was awesome. I could basically create my own schedule. So there'd be days where I'd, I'd show up at the gym, treat a couple of patients from like five to seven, go to the hospital, knock out a couple of evals for like three hours, and then, you know, go back to the gym and treat some patients in the afternoon and then go home. And it's, it's a lot of hours in the beginning, but that's just how business is. You're going to have to put a lot of time into it. But after a while, you know, once you get your reputation built up and, you know, once that word of mouth referral gets around, I just remember that's always going to be your number one referral source no matter what. Um, you know, I could cut down my hours at the hospital and spend more time at the gym. So it was just a really, really nice way. And honestly, um, at the end of the day, I think I actually was making more money doing those two jobs than I was at my full-time job before I, I left and opened up the cash-based practice. So it's a pretty sweet deal if you're, if you're in a position where you can do that. No, that's awesome, man. I, I vividly remember not really knowing you just yet and seeing you in the back, um, sitting down, like, I think you're maybe resting up against like the, the jerk box or something with, um, needles in both quads and stem on both of them jumping. I remember thinking like, who the heck is that guy back there? What is he doing? Um, but man, little things like that, get the conversation started, man. And then, you know, that was the first time I ever seen dry needling and, yeah, so I, uh, you did a great job of getting in front of people and getting the conversation started without like, you know, pushing people to come see you. It was great. Yeah, man. I guess I guess that was another way we we drummed up business too. <laughs> yeah, no, needles in your quads, man. Yep, I gotta treat yourself. <laughs> no, man. I, that's I just for some reason that is always stuck in my head. I remember, like the first time I saw you sitting back there doing that. <laughs> and, oh man, it seems like forever ago. Um, yeah, man, I, have a, I have a uh, kind of a random question for you that I've I've seen guys like. Um, Eric Cressy and some other guys out there who actually have their name in their business name talk about how if they were doing it over again, they probably would not have put their name in the business name because then everyone just, you know, kind of expects, Oh, I got to work with, with that guy. Eric always, every baseball player wants to work with Eric Cressy, even though he's got an awesome team of people that are all equally qualified. Um, so if you were starting a cash-based practice today or a new practice, are you still naming it Vaughn PT? If it's just you. No, absolutely not. And, and I think that <clears throat> obviously it's worked out well for people like Eric Cressy and there's plenty of people who have built, you know, built their clinic off their own name. But I think that in hindsight, that's thinking small, right? Because it's assuming that it's always going to be you, you're going to be a one man show. And that's, that's how I was whenever I did cash based. Um, but you know, I really think you do need to think big and, you know, plan for success and plan for having more staff and things like that too. So uh, that's why our, our current practice is 
name Vertex, not Jim and Brandon or Floyd and Vaughn. And um, yeah, totally agree. You know, people would probably come in with the expectation that they're going to be working with Brandon Vaughn every single time. So um, yeah, I, I don't recommend that. Yeah. And though that's a great point. I love that thinking big from the beginning. One of my uh, business partners to help me get Carolina form string off the ground, Steve keys would always say that I would ask him, I would bring it you know, an idea to him or ask him about something. He's like, man, it's like, you're, you're thinking so small. You're thinking right now. You're not thinking about, you know, the future and where this thing could be. And, and you know, so I always, I always tried to take that with me. It's like thinking about it as like, you know, the big picture and where I think it could be long-term. Uh, but that, that brings me to kind of my next question. Um, I like that you uh, kind of referenced that thinking bigger there. And I want to talk about the scalability of practices like this. So um, you look at kind of some of these mill clinics that have, you know, dozens of clinics around where their region or wherever they are, they can grow very quickly, rapidly. They see a ton of volume. And then even your, your guys self at Vertex, you know, opening up multiple locations, growing organically with that model there. So like these, some of these models are pretty scalable, but it seems, you know, there hasn't been a ton of cash PT practices that have really scaled very much, at least not that I'm aware of, you know, I don't know of any, you know, five, six, 10 location practices um, that have, you know, multiple therapists at all. So um, what are your thoughts on the scalability of a practice like that? I, I, I think anything's possible for sure. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you, you can't have multiple locations and built in clinics off a cash-based practice. But uh, like I said, I haven't seen it yet. You know, in my opinion, having done it, having done both, I do think cash-based is, is a great starting point. It's a great stepping stone because it's going to get you out of your comfort zone. It's going to force you to hustle and force you to be good at what you do. And now that I am in network and still seeing one patient an hour, I really don't think that cash base is good for the long-term career. I don't think it, I, I just based off of what I've seen, I, I don't think it's as scalable. You know, I know that there's a lot of people, like you said, that have had success with it and have added staff. But I think the most I've seen is that there's, there's people that have been at it five years and only have a handful of PTs, like maybe four or five. And I think that's why you also don't, you don't see cash PT practices, you know, getting bought by the bigger corporations. And that's not, that I think everyone should, sell their business. But if your business is healthy and your business is growing, you know, it should be evaluated high enough or at least hypothetically it would do well in the market. Um, so yeah, I guess, you know, I guess what I'm suggesting is that, um, you know, once you build a clientele and your reputation, go get a network with at least one insurance company is going to pay you enough to keep your doors open and make a profit. And, you know, with that, you're going to have to add some admin staff and, you know, what we did in the beginning is you might have to outsource the company to process your claims, but you know, I promise if you do that, that is going to supercharge your growth and you'll be able to upgrade your facilities. You get to hire staff. And at the end of the day, you'll get to serve more people, which is what this is all about. No, that's awesome, man. And, uh, you know, as you're talking there, I, I keep questions keep popping up into my mind. Um, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but you know, you started this, as you mentioned, you were a few years out of PT school and gotten tired of, of maybe that mill clinic setting. Um, so what are your thoughts on somebody doing this right out of school? I know we have you know, guys like D Danny will tell, you know, Danny's told me like four or five times I can do it. I, you know, you should do it. You can do it. Don't, don't think that you can't, but you know, now that you, you know, going back through and looking back on your experience, do you think you could have been as successful as you were if you had started that right when you finished PT school? Me personally, no. Other therapists right out of school. Yes. Like yourself. I think you would kill it if you went out and opened a clinic today. Um, well, but, thank you. <laughs> but because you know, the reason why is you know, in addition to having a little bit of money, what we say, 2,500 bucks, um, you're going to have to be good at what you do and you're going to have to have the skill set to support that. And yeah, I do think new grass can have a lot of success right out of school. And we have seen that a lot of times, you know, there's, there's a lot of PTs, um, you know, on Instagram and stuff like that, that have kind of talked about their growth and that kind of thing. But, you know, you, you need to make sure, you know, if you're a student that you're learning what you need in school, 
or that you set yourself up with the right mentors, the right clinical rotations, or you might be playing catch up for a little while after you graduate. So that might be another thing you, you, you have to invest more time and money in is that you have to invest in yourself after you graduate. And, and that's okay. I mean, that, that's what I did um, because, you know, let's face it. I mean, if you left it up to the PT education system, you'd probably do an ultrasound giving clamshells to everybody that walks through the door, unless you went to USC. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shout out to yeah. USC. So I think, I th- yeah, shout out to USC. But yeah, I think that that all depends on the individual. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, I needed to get some experience. Um, I needed to get some experience with patients. I honestly needed to get some experience with being able to sell too. And I think that there was some value in interacting with all the patients that I did right out of school. Mm-hmm. Cause I do think that, you know, that's a skill that could be learned. Um, Cause I think at the end of the day, you know, selling PT, I mean, it's really storytelling and you know, storytelling is it's who, what, where, when, but the most important is the why, you know, why should you seek care from physical therapist and, you know, I think, I think the thing to keep in mind is that, you know, anyone can sell a Lamborghini, but a good salesman can sell a Honda and PT is not as sexy as orthopedic surgery, but profession is prime now more than ever to make an impact. And, and you know, with things like the opioid crisis and, you know, I'm sure you are learning about stuff in school right now, Josh, that, you know, our outcomes are showing that they're just as effective, if not more than surgery in a lot of cases. So I guess I just compared our profession to the Honda, but, <laughs> but, uh, those, those things are reliable, are right? Very reliable um, right there. Yeah. But with that said, Make sure you charge enough if you do decide to go cash-based because straight up, if you don't, people are going to think you're cheap and that makes everybody look cheap. It makes all the physical therapists look cheap. And what's going to happen is your patients end up going to see the massage therapist or the chiropractor down the road. And there's this really interesting thing that happens when you charge more. You know what that is, Josh? People value your service more. That and you make more money. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's so funny how that works. Um, yeah. No, no, I think this has been such great information, man. Somebody like myself, you know, going through um, school right now, trying to, you know, when you're trying to figure out what your future is going to be, um, having all this information is great to know that, you know, it's, it, there's a little bit of an investment in the beginning, but uh, as you mentioned, the actual investment for the practice is not that much. It's more about investing in yourself and making sure that you, you know, you are going to be good at what you do. Um, but I love also that you mentioned the, um, the sales aspect of it because that's an underrated aspect of this that I know I still struggle with this to the day to to this day in the fitness industry there um, and. Uh, also the, I love how you mentioned, um, charging what you're worth there. Cause it's very tempting when, when, you know, when I first started writing programs for people, someone tell me that they're, you know, our price and what I was charging was too much. It's very tempting to be like, Oh, well, you know what? I probably could do it for this or, or, or giving a discount to people maybe, uh, you know, because I just really wanted the business. But, um, I like how you, you, a couple of times you said, hold strong, hold strong on the rent, hold strong on what you're mm-hmm. charging. Uh, you know, I think that's so important to have that in, in mind. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. Don't, don't cut deals. Don't get discounts. That just gets messy. It's a yeah. bad idea. Yeah. Well, I love it, man. I think, is there anything else you want to add on this uh, cash PT one one episode? There's two things I want to add. So when we were going through the, uh, the initial startup costs. I totally forgot about website. So yeah. I forgot to mention that. So whenever I had my cash breaks practice, I used Elance, which I think is now changed to Upworks or something like that. Yep. And I got the whole thing built for $300. Okay. Um, you could, you could go cheaper and you could do Squarespace. I think that's what we use for this podcast, right? Yeah. I use Squarespace and that's going to run you what? 150, 150 yeah, a, a year. Yeah. Something like that. I think, yeah, about something like that. Yeah. But, um, but you got to have a functional website 2018. It's not an option. Um, no, you ha- you're exactly right. It has to work. It can't be, they can't have things where they click on something and it goes to an error message. It has absolutely. to Absolutely. It doesn't have to be fancy. It's just got to be clean. You know, that's kind of the biggest thing and easy to navigate. Like if I want to contact you, it shouldn't be hard for me to figure out how to contact. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. And then like all the stuff that just makes it easier for the patient to get in the door, like putting your, your intake forms on the website where they can either download or fill them online. Like that stuff's so easy to do now for free. So mm-hmm. definitely got to have that. No, um, nice. But I think the, uh, there's one more thing we'll talk about. And the, and the last thing is just, you got to actually just go out there and do it. I mean, cause there's, there's so many PTs out there that are listening who've been on the fence for years because they're full of excuses, but at some point you have to jump in. And, um, I know there was, there was those old sayings that life is 80% metal and 20% physical. Remember those, seeing those, that's like, yeah. uh, stuff they used to use to sell books like back in the nineties, but that's completely backwards because emotions are fake and actions are real and you can't will yourself into a successful business. Just like an athlete can't wish himself into a championship. So life is 80% physical and 20% mental end of the day. You have to go out there and do it. Boom. Knowledge bombs being dropped everywhere right now. Um, no, that's awesome. I love that, man. I think you're right. It, it's, it's so easy to find a, a reason why not to do it. And it, it, cause sometimes it is scary, but like you mentioned, you can set yourself up for, uh, you know, with maybe like a PRN hospital job or something like that, where, um, you can still have a steady stream of income when you're doing it, you're minimizing your risk and you have a really great chance to be successful. Um, I would also mention that if you are a student or even if you're not a student, if you're a new grad or you're somebody in an area, if you are thinking about doing this, you mentioned the gym setting being a great setting. And I completely agree with that. If you are not already in a gym or in a setting like that, you need to get into a setting like that. You need to get in, start meeting people. Um, you know, they're, <laughs> even now, if you don't have your own practice, go around to different places or to the gym that you, you work in and offer to do like, Hey, I was wondering if I could do like just a mobility class on, on, uh, you know, a Saturday talking about, uh, maybe overhead positioning just to give me a chance to, to hone my craft. No gym owner is going to say no to a physical therapist in their gym offering to do something that's free to them that adds value to their members. Um, so you know, doing things like that to just already start building your reputation in the area, starting to meet more people, getting used to talking in front of people, um, you know, it, being able to start talking, you know, that's essentially, you're going to have time to give your elevator pitch right there. Tell them what you do and what PT is. A lot of people don't have, um, you know, a great outlook on what PT is. So, um, if you're not in one of these communities, get in one of them. We talked about how important coaching is. Try to find ways to maybe start coaching if you can. Um, I think, you know, all of this can be done in preparation as well. Um, so that way, when you do decide to open up that practice, you kind of already have a potential clientele right there. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, that's, if, if that's a good way to get the reps in and get the exposure. If you, if you don't plan on working in a traditional clinic for two or three years or like, like I did, um, that's a good way to, to you know, flex that muscle if you're not comfortable being in front of crowds and not comfortable interacting with people um, because you, you definitely have to do that if you're going to end up being a cash-based clinician because it's going to be uncomfortable for a little bit but it'll pay off in a lot of different ways. Yeah, man. Well, I think this is a great info, a uh, great in- episode with a ton of great information. Um, a lot of actionable content, man. Always the best kind of episodes. Um, if you haven't already, please uh, subscribe to the podcast, uh, go on to iTunes, leave us a review. We're also on Spotify, on Google play. Uh, you can find us pretty much anywhere that you like to listen to your podcast, but if you haven't already, please subscribe. Um, also, uh, if you have questions, don't hesitate to reach out, especially if some of this stuff is intriguing to you. Um, send Brandon a message. You can find Brandon at, at vertex PT or at BV to PT, or you can look up and see kind of what his website looks like. Go to vertexpt.com and see what a great website should look like. Um, or if you have questions for me, you can find me at CPT underscore strength or carolinaperformancetraining.com. Uh, we love questions. Uh, we hope we can get more uh, topics from you guys, things that you want to hear about. Um, so don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, we thank you as always for listening and tune in next Monday. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. 
Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.